0: Lob Talk Radio. Sherry's Playhouse presents Joe Cronus Capture the Kaiser. It's the second part of Joe Cronus. It's a really fun time travel adventure. Enjoy.
1: scene
2: one the time suspension prison at the outskirts of the Sol solar system in the Kuiper belt held the time travelers prison it was a large facility floating inside one of the bubbles that surrounded the Sol systems it didn't seem to have a foundation but it was a very solid and formidable building Within its walls, each prisoner had a very adequate cell with all the comforts except freedom, had no contact with the rest of the universe. There was an impenetrable defense shield which did not protect inmates from threats outside the facility, but protected the universe from the prisoners within. My name is Joe Cromus, and I was responsible for one inmate within this prison. I always hoped he would find a way to use his talents for good.
3: No, oh, this is so very dull. I cannot believe I've been here this long. It's quite beyond the pale. I will figure out a way to get out of here. Joe, Joe Cronus, that pompous ass. Never since we were young students it was perfect. Joe, pesky little tents. Such a bore. I'm not jealous, really. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not.
1: Terrence lay comfortably in his bed, watching them change from android guards to human guards, switching every hour on the hour. That guard
3: looks good. He wants to get on. Feels quite inadequate. Rather pathetic, really. But I should start to make friends with him as soon as possible so I can find my way out of this mousetrap. Well, hello, Commander. Sergeant. Yes, yes, of course. Sergeant, uh, what a waste of a good officer, if you you don't mind me saying. What are you doing about it? Doing about it? Well, yes, of course. One must put in an effort, you know. Now, if it would be. Act One, Scene Two. I stealthily sneaked down the corridor to where the pods were kept. I used my brilliant mind to unlock one of the pods and slip inside to escape. I'd been planning this for a very long time, and so far it was going as smooth as silk. (laughs) Finally, I I get out of this hellhole. It's a shame to destroy that pretty little boy's career, but these things must be done. After all... As pretty as all these stupid bubbles may seem to be, it's really a rather horrid place to stay. It wouldn't make a vacation spot.
1: His pod easily outstripping the
3: other ships, Terence stormed away from the prison. Mm, my vengeance is sweet. A couple of quick trips in time, and I will drive our dear Joe mad. I truly hope so. I can't wait to see that calm face melt like ice cream. <laughs> Act one, scene three.
2: I am so very bored. I'm putting books away in stacks, listening to my favorite aria. And really, I'm just trying not to think of anything at all. That doesn't work, really. Jane left this world, my sanity clinging on like a thread of nothingness. I know the council think I'm being reckless and Robin Drew were worried,
4: but I'm just fine. Really, I am. I'm just trying to keep very, very busy. I think you're being ridiculously foolhardy, Joe. You are going to get yourself killed, old man. Robert! Are you part of this evil conspiracy? keeping decent
2: assignments away from me on purpose, sending me the most wretched customers just to keep me mindlessly busy. Um, My schoolboys didn't hurt any of my books or anything, really, but they've created
4: hell in here. Look at this mess. It's like a fight in an old silent film with books instead of food. Not evil at all. Well-intentioned. You are grieving, and you are also being an idiot. Idiot?
2: I'm an idiot. I think not. I think I'm supremely rational. You are sending me a lot of ruffians to throw a tempest into my little shop. Now, that is what
4: I call idiotic... Apples and oranges. The truth is, you have been taking some really foolish risks, and people on the council are worried about you. People? Or is it one person? You? Yes, I am one of them. But really don't popping in front of the path of the running of the bulls in Pamplona just to get to a shop on the other side of town is the height of in stupidity. Joe turned his back
1: on Robert and stormed to his desk. He sat down and looked at Robert with a scowl. Oh,
2: the place was full of tourists. It was the only way. What you
4: wanted to me, Robert? I have news for you. What? Terrence has escaped. What? Yes. Sit down. Please, Joe. He found a way around the security and escaped yesterday. Earth time. What is being done? Much. But keep your eyes and ears open. If he is after anyone, it is you. Don't they even know where and when he's gone? No. For goodness sake. Competent yahoos. What is being done? Calm Down, and I will tell you.
3: Act One, Scene Four. Forget it, Haynes. You're not to touch her. Do you understand? If you touch her in any way, any way at all, you'll not get a penny.
2: Why? She's just another Sheila.
3: Oh, no, she's not. She's very valuable. More valuable than diamonds or gold.
2: Women are never valuable. They're made to be used.
3: You are a philistine. But then what do I expect from this rather ancient, guttural period? It is the best place to keep this lovely woman from the man who loves her.
2: Oh, so it's ransom you're after?
3: Get your greedy eyes back in your head. There will be an exchange, but it will not be for money. It will be something far, far more important. What on earth can be more important? Power, my dear boy.
1: Power. Lots of it. Act 1, Scene 5 In the 1920s in Sydney, Australia, A club called the Silver Slipper was owned by a notorious and mysterious man by the name of Steve Humphrey. He was around 40, attractive, but not handsome, with a swarthy manner. He was not as crooked as he looked, but he was not exactly honest, either. He was trying to survive during the sly grog wars of the period. Entering through a side door, a stunning blonde wiggled down the aisle and winked at him. Minnie Hansen was the daughter of a preacher who ran away from home to seek adventure. She was far more complex than she seemed to be. A vixen on the outside and a smart cookie on the inside. They understood each other perfectly.
5: Peter, why do you have a black eye?
6: It ain't nothing, boss, really. Well, I just refused to buy some sly grog from some piece of filth and I had to stand up for me honour. You did, huh? Which piece of filth was it? Boss, you know what the mayor said.
1: That slime bucket. He should be sent out of town on a rail.
5: That slime bucket is the most powerful SOB in town. Did the guy work for him? Nah, he worked for that other piece of trash. Who?
0: Haynes.
5: Yeah, boss, huh? I I will never allow that scumbag near you, darling. Never again. I'll die first.
1: That is just what I'm afraid of.
4: Act One, Scene Six We found it. Where? the 1920s in Sydney, Australia. He thought he was hidden, but someone wrote about it in their journal. Someone famous? Uh, More interesting than famous, depending on your point of view. What the hell does that mean? He is a pivotal, Joe. Oh, good or bad? A little of both. Well, let's go see if he's also helpful. I said, Priscilla ahead to see if she could scope it out for us. She is staying out of sight because of the I education. know I know
2: we need to change and get appropriate money and other essentials. then we'll go as quickly as possible.
4: I have to I need to I know I do understand Joe it's let's just get going damn.
1: Act Two, Scene One Down the block from the Silver Slipper, Joe was in his room, pacing in circles, chattering aloud to himself.
2: If someone does not tell me what is going on soon, I will really lose my mind. I can't sit in this flop house any longer. I need to go and find my Jane. Now!
0: Joe? Drew. How long have you been standing there? From the part in your soliloquy where you said, I really lose my mind. I can't sit in this flophouse any longer. I've got to go out and find my Jane. Now.
2: (laughs) Very funny. Hilarious. We are very talented, aren't we?
0: We do try. Against your current mood, we won't succeed, though.
2: This mood will continue as long as I can't challenge that poppy's tyrant. Have you located her yet?
0: Not yet, but... We have an idea where she may be, but Terence has been very sly a swarthy, sneaking, contemptible... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I see you've come through to the other side completely. Welcome back.
0: As soon as Robert said he loved me and asked me to marry him, it all snapped out of me. Poof! They were like words to a magic spell. For you, they were magic.
2: So, what do we know? Anything? Anything at all?
0: We know the person who wrote about it in his journal, Steve Humphrey. I think his reputation is to put the Tufts off the track about him, because he seems to be a truly smart man and pretty honest. He saw through Terence at once, and his only focus was to protect his girlfriend from him, which he does. It's an interesting read. Better than fiction? No, just more intense, because it's true. What's well, wrong He should be coming soon. He, uh...
4: He is right here. Well found the S.O.B. Where? <laughs> uh, here, read the second article from
1: the top. That Arrogant pig! <laughs> Act 2, Scene 2 Four more drunks, my god! What on earth do you think it is? I've never seen it this bad before.
6: That's that new guy who started a magic show down the block at the Criterion Theatre. Some sort of psychic magician or some such nonsense. Anyway, he's been scaring the pants off some of the audience. It's more of a horror show than a magic show, if you ask me. What do I owe you? (laughs) It's on the house, mate. You helped me earlier. No,
5: no, no. I agree. I saw you. It's on the house. Thank you for your help. If you need any help, just let me know.
2: That magician fella... Can you tell
6: me a bit more about it, please? Sure. He starts the act like any other conjurer. Then he stops and looks into the crowd, calling out to someone and telling them something. The rest of us, well, we don't know what it means or anything, but to that person, it's staggering like. I mean, I'm not sure what the bloke's game is. I mean, you don't get a repeat audience by scaring folks to death, but...
2: No. Uh, but you do get your bloody picture in the paper. Do you know him? Unfortunately. I wish I bloody didn't know him. I detest him. Yes, I know him. Do You keep doing what you're doing. Keep him away from here. Protect your people. He is a very dangerous man. And you are? I am here to stop him. I'm sorry, Mr. Humphrey, I can't tell you more, but I... He has taken something that means more to me than anything in my life. And I mean to get that beautiful something back.
1: Your wife?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) I wish. But she is the woman I love. You're very intuitive, my dear. (laughs) Stay far, far away from that man and anyone associated with him. He will use anyone to his own ends. Believe me, he has destroyed many people to do it. I can't tell you any more than that, but you two all obviously love each other. Please stay away from him.
5: Excuse me.
6: Wow, some exit. What the hell
5: was that all about? I don't know, but it was very, very personal.
3: Act Two, Scene Three Ah, oh, this bath is perfect soon i will own more than this beautiful suite and this first class hotel will be mine i have the owner in my clutches (laughs) this article in the paper is perfect it will bring more slaves to my show i do enjoy throwing out bits of information from their sniveling pasts how easy it is though i have two slaves already and more are all set up it's just too easy This will make Joe turn purple. Maybe he'll just curl up and die. Damn no. He's too smart for that.
1: Haynes knocked on the door.
3: Yes?
2: Why do you want these two zombies here? They should have given game away.
3: (laughs) They're not zombies. They're useful slaves, my dear boy.
2: Slaves? What do you mean?
1: Terence tilted his head up and laughed again, a laugh so evil that it actually
3: made Haines's blood run cold. <laughs> Believe me, they are more useful than you know. I love collecting them. They treat me like a god, and no salaries, no demands, and they're quite doomed. It's lovely Lord Terence, towel, yes, my lord. She
1: reached over, took the towel, and held it out to him. He stepped out of the tub, right into the towel, then put his wet arms around her and kissed her deeply. She dissolved into it. They kissed until she swooned into his arms. He looked at Haines with such evil that the other man stepped back, afraid.
3: You see, it's very useful. Malcolm.
1: A young man, a teenager, came running. His eyes were blank as he bowed to Terence, going down on his knees until his face was against the floor. Take Sadie from my arms, place her in my bed, then bring us our breakfast in an hour. Malcolm jumped up, gently taking the unconscious woman from Terence's arms and carrying her out of the room. Yes, my lord Terence. Of course, my lord. Wait. Malcolm. Malcolm stopped in the doorway and looked anxiously back into the room. It was as if Haines was not even there for either of these people. They only saw Terence, and they were completely under his power. Whatever he said was law, and they obeyed. Terence was enjoying himself, really enjoying himself. He took his robe from the chair and then looked at the man with the woman in his arms. "'Kiss her!' Malcolm gently raised her head and pecked her tenderly on the cheek.
3: Oh no! Passionately,
1: still gently, Malcolm brought her face close to his and kissed her deeply, passionately, with his whole heart. She responded to him automatically, as if in a deep trance, because she was still unconscious. Now, slap her! Malcolm gave her a gentle slap on her arm. No, Malcolm, hard
3: on her face. Like you hate her. But I don't hate her, Lord Terence. I don't care.
1: Slap her like you hate her. With tears pouring down his cheeks, he slapped her hard. A red welt appeared on her cheek. Again. Malcolm was truly crying now, shaking his head, begging with a strangled sound. I said again. Malcolm slapped her hard again, and a handprint showed on her other cheek. Come here, Malcolm. Malcolm stepped forward, and Terence slugged him in the stomach.
3: He dropped the girl and fell backwards. That's for arguing with me. Now pick her up and put her in my bed. Use my bathroom to clean up the mess you made of the girl. Then see to our breakfast. And Malcolm... Next time I tell you to do something, jump. Or you may both just regret it. In fact, you may never feel anything again. You'll both be dead. Do you understand me? Yes, Lord Terrence. Now get out of my sight and do what I told you to do.
1: Malcolm tenderly picked up the unconscious girl and left the room, crying.
3: You're a rot bastard.
2: If I didn't need the cash, I'd leave you.
3: (laughs) you think you can leave me? Don't be a fool. You're one step above those slaves, and I will get more slaves. Maybe another two girls and three or four boys will do. They were easy. I saw that last night. They'll come back, and they will all be very useful i never had so much fun to think I've stuck to my own kind for this long, instead of you soft humans. What a fool I was. This is so much better.
2: Oh, I ain't anyone's slave.
1: Terence's eyes flashed, and
3: Haynes soared across the room. I don't need to physically hit anyone. I hit Malcolm because, well, I thought it would be fun to try and be physical. And you know what? It was fun. It was really fun being physically threatening. I've never experienced emotions like this before. It's quite intoxicating, really. Now get out of my sight, Haynes. I have work to do. Act Two,
1: Scene Four. Joe. Joe came out of the bathroom. He had been washing up after spending all night trying to find out what Terence was up to. Look at this. Joe took the newspaper and read the account of the hidden papers of a gangster named Haines. The doctors of the time thought that it was
2: too much grog, but
1: Joe and Robert knew better.
2: The bastard's not only enslaving innocent people, but now he's finding joy in hurting and killing them.
4: Oh, he isn't out of most dangerous man in the universe. What are we gonna do?
0: Stop it, of course. I figured that out, but how? I'm working up it. Actually, I know exactly how you will do it. It's right here, in this journal.
4: How interesting.
2: Well, it'll save the time not to think it all up on the spur of the moment, for a judge. How kind of Mr. Humphreys? He's saving lives with his jottings. I can't wait
4: to meet him. You already met him, Joe. I did. At the Silver Slipper, you told us. Are you all right? Yes, just, just tired. And
6: I
2: need to drink some of this lovely tea and eat some of these lovely sandwiches.
1: Robert and Drusilla were really worried about him. Joe hated tea. He drank it
4: because it was an icebreaker. Worry does this. It tears at you. Weakens your reserves. You persevere because you have to, but... Please. I know it is kindly meant. But
2: please, don't tell me how I feel. I know you suffered, Robert, for the same reason.
1: Joe's eyes flicked to Drusilla in apology. She shook her head, so he continued.
2: But you wouldn't listen to reason, so why should I? a shower. You just did. Then I will take another one, God damn it! Man can take two showers if he wants to. Joe stormed into the bathroom and
1: slammed the door. What do we do?
4: Just keep going. What else can we do?
1: Act 3, Scene 1. Haynes reached out, as if to touch Jane's hair. He couldn't help it. She looked so beautiful like a sleeping beauty from a fairy tale suddenly he felt a horrible pain from a bolt of lightning that hit him in the back
3: he flew in the air away from the bed no 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 very naughty do you know what daddy does to naughty boys haines licked his suddenly dry lips and shook his head he had always felt
1: that this man was dangerous Now, he was sure this man was a dangerous lunatic with very scary powers from somewhere else. He was not from this planet,
3: that was for sure. If the little boy is very bad, I will have to make him into a slave. You wouldn't like that now, would you? No. Excellent, because you are still useful with your empty little mind. Now, did you find out anything at the hostels?
2: I didn't see the people you described.
3: They are here. I can feel them probing, looking, searching. This game is beginning to pile a little, but I really
2: need to see my old friend in a puddle before I drop it. Drop it?
3: Don't get your hopes up, my dear boy. I won't till I get back at my old nemesis. So for now, you will just have to put up with me. You won't mind that now, will you?
2: No, of course not. It's a pleasure.
3: Yes, right. Of course it is. A pure pleasure. Well, you just be a good little boy and I won't have to empty out that useless mind of all thought. Bring the new boy to me. Now. Yes, sir. (laughs) This is so much fun. I feel so invigorated, so free. I think I'll play this game in other places, times, and other planets. This is something to contemplate, rather fun to control so many at once. It's intoxicating.
1: Haines opened the door and led a man gently by his hand. He was another slave, the poor fellow, an elegant, older man, gray hair, handsome, he used to have bright, intelligent blue eyes before Terence got a hold of him. Now they were blank, and his handsome face was slack. He looked like a lost boy from a children's story. Haines
3: actually felt sorry for all of these people. Ah, Tanner, my good man, sit. Can you understand my words? Tanner nodded his head. Excellent. You are an actor, so I want you to act drunk. I want you to sit in the silver slipper and wait for these three people to show up. Then, I want you to fall down drunk right near them and listen to every word they say. Do you understand? The man looked blankly at him.
1: Terence kicked the chair out from under him. Do you understand? Tanner did not blink or react. He wasn't frightened like the others. He was just not there. Haines realized something, but he wasn't sure Terence knew, that this man might be under his spell and could not resist. But Tanner was not afraid. Terence kicked him right in the stomach. The man curled in a ball of pain, but didn't cry out. Do you understand? Tanner nodded and groaned in pain.
3: Good. Get him out of my sight and then bring me the new girl. You can leave right away.
2: Shouldn't take him?
3: No, he can function. Just get out and bring me that luscious new girl. Haines nodded
1: and led the man out. Once they were out of earshot, he led Tanner by the hand to the pub, then stopped and asked a question.
2: Do you need help with the pain?
1: Tanner shook his head. You sure? Tanner nodded. Haines nodded back and led him to the bar.
2: Oh, I have to stop that lunatic one way or another.
1: Tanner followed his guide, but unseen by him, Tanner's eyes suddenly brightened, and he smiled. Act 3, Scene 2
5: how the hell did you get my journal?
0: let
2: classified.
5: I'll bet. Did you have somebody steal it?
2: No, that's not my style. Let's just say we acquired it in an honest way.
5: Honest? How do you take a man's private property and call it honest?
2: Tell him, Joe. Minnie, Steve, please have a seat. You'll need to be seated for this information. Drew... Could you give them a drink?
1: Drew nodded and gave them drinks. Then Joe sat down opposite them, looking intense.
2: We're all here on a rescue mission. The man you called scary and terrifying is actually insane. He is beyond his own control now. He is also very, very dangerous. Most dangerous man I've ever run across, and that is saying He has powers beyond what you've seen so far. From what you've jotted in your diary and all we've learned from the others, he has gone farther than I ever thought he would or could. We need to stop him. And right now. Those poor people under his control, they, they can be helped, but we need to get them out of here first. We're already working on that. I have two people undercover to scope out the area and help in the rescue. They are both immune to his hijinks, just as we are. But you humans are not.
5: Hijinks—he's doing horrible things. Haines confessed to me that he's somehow washed out their minds, and that he is treating them like dolls that he can move and use any way that he likes. No, it's worse than that. Drew, tell them—he's
0: the most dangerous man that I have ever known. He's always been manipulative, but now it has gone beyond that. He controls you in a way that you can't disobey, and you don't want to. You feel he's everything. He makes you feel that he alone rules the universe. He made me do things that I would never have done if my mind was my own. He made me do things against my own morals to such a degree I started not to recognize myself. He made me use my powers against people, but it was worse than that. He made me use my body to entice people to... What? That
4: monster, I'll kill him. He has lived too long. Look what he's done to those poor people. Even Haynes wants to kill him. I am going to just...
1: Robert angrily stormed towards the doorway, but Joe stopped him, putting his hand on his shoulder. Robert flung the hand away and pushed him down. Drew then stood in front of him. He just stared at her, breathing hard, unable to break
0: eye contact with her. Robert. Joe, fat monster. He is, but that's what this is all about. Come back, darling. Sit down. I'm safe now and out of his clutches. Nothing you can do will erase what he's already done to me, but we can stop him. And that's good enough for me. Come.
1: Steve helped Joe up, and Robert broke eye contact with everyone, staring at his hand.
2: Robert. We will get even with him, believe me. You will not be able to live with what has happened to him. Now, don't worry. You can't correct what has already happened, but you will get even with him. I promise.
4: How can you be so sure?
2: Steve's journal.
4: History tells me so, my friend.
1: Three. Scene three. There was a knock at the door of the hotel room, and two cloaked figures entered the room. One was Tanner, and the other a beautiful woman named Aurora. They came from a planet with a special talent, and with the help of Steve's journal, Joe quickly brought them to Earth and into Terence's path. Tanner had been pretending to be under Terence's spell. He wasn't speaking because it would give the show away. And as for Aurora, one of the ladies that he had captured, he thought she was completely under his spell. But of course she was not. They were both time travelers and, with Joe's help, completely immune to all the attacks against them from Terence.
2: Tana, Aurora, I am so glad you're both well. That bastard hasn't hurt you, has
4: he? No, oh, he's tried. He's hit me a few times, but he has not hurt me. He is a strange fellow He brought Aurora into the room and moved her like a doll. She has played it beautifully, and has, he has no idea we are time travellers.
0: Good. Have you tried your talent yet? Not yet. He just wants to look at me and move me around. I am bored being a Barbie doll, but I am waiting till just the right moment.
5: What talent?
2: You don't know it but later in your journal, you will mention it. I can't tell you anything right now, but believe me, it is powerful, and it is also the only way to stop it.
1: I don't understand. If you read it in Steve's book, why can't you tell us?
2: I'll trust you to know one thing. We're all time travelers. We read it in Steve's journal, but he hasn't written it yet. I can't tell you about anything that's not yet written
5: That's ridiculous. You can't travel through time.
2: No, you can't. Without our help, at least, not safely anyway. One of our jobs is to guide people through time. Terence's power is coming from that ability, and he's misusing it. It's hard to explain. We can only tell you so much.
4: Oh, before I forget, Payne's turned just like you said he would. He can't stand the torture Terry is putting these people through. I think you will be able to get some information from him to help us. Excellent. I want to... Robert! ...bring him to justice, of course. (laughs) That is excellent
2: news. Steve, are you still willing to work with us to stop this maniac?
0: We are.
5: As long as you don't make fools of us.
2: You are our hero. We would never do that. What I would like you to do is bring Haines here from the pub unseen. Can you bring him through one of your tunnels?
5: I'd hate to give any of them away, but yes, I can.
2: Don't worry. It will be fine. Tanner, Aurora, are you two ready? Yes, I am.
0: As am I. In fact, I can't wait.
2: Phase one. Steve and I will deal with Haines. Tanner, You and Aurora turn the guards. I want to leave dear little Terry all alone in the big, wide universe.
1: Act 3, Scene 4. Terence was in front of the mirror, looking at himself in his golden robes and shoes. He smiled at how he
3: looked. Mm, Poor dear Joey has no idea what I am then. No, master. Glorious. Well done, my little boy, well done. Now bring me the lovely new red-headed one. Yes, master.
1: Tanner departed and entered another bedroom where three of the women were being held. Two of the women lay naked on their beds, staring at nothing. The third was Aurora, who was sitting on her bed, her eyes blank, looking at the wall. He took her hand, leading her to the WC. He closed the door, and then their eyes flashed to life at exactly the same time.
4: Are you ready, my darling? Yes, my love. As soon as we enter the room, turn on your pheromones, then penetrate the bastard with your eyes. How long shall I put him out? Joe said six hours. But just to be safe, make it twelve hours. I will take care of the guards. Joe will turn hands. First priority is to get Jane out safely, then get all the slaves out of here. We will take them all to the pub through the escape tunnel that Steve showed us on the map. Robert and Drew will receive them and help bring them back to normal. We will
0: have to care
4: for them till they are 100%, but I think all will be well.
0: I understand all that, but what about the monster... (laughs)
4: Joe knows what he is doing, darling. Are you ready?
1: Aurora nodded. Their eyes turned blank and their faces slackened. Tanner led her to Terence's door and knocked before letting her in.
3: Ah, my beautiful child. You, I believe, are the most beautiful slave I've acquired yet. Your hair, skin, and figure are just so perfect. It's a shame your eyes must be as they are, but one cannot have everything, can one?
1: Aurora came to the arrogant man's side. He was lying on the bed like a sultan. Her eyes appeared blank, but she discreetly blinked three or four times. Terence felt an overwhelming surge of desire for her, pulling her to him and kissing her passionately. He pulled her closer and rolled on top of her, wild and out of control. She allowed it, she was getting ready for the
3: right moment to strike. You are the most luscious, sensual woman. Well, I I thought that blonde was my favorite, but no. You are exquisite. I must have you now. All of you.
1: He took her chin savagely and pulled her so she looked right into his eyes. He was so blinded by the lust from the pheromones that he couldn't see her eyes change color to a bright gold. His eyes widened in shock, and he felt his will leaving him. Fearfully, he tried to pull his mind back,
0: but she was far too strong. Now, you savage bastard, close your eyes. That's right. Lie back on the bed and let go of your grip on me completely. Excellent. Now, fall deeply into a dream-filled sleep. Deeply. Deeper. Even more. Leave all thoughts of now. Your only world is your dreams. Reach out for your dream. The need for your dream is your only passion now. You are overwhelmed, obsessed only by your dreams. Your will is gone, vanished in your dreams. Your will is your dream. Your mind is your dream. Everything you are is your dream. What you dream is your only reality. Deeper. Deeper. Excellent.
1: Aurora left him and very carefully opened the door. Her guard looked at her
0: as if from far away. Did Tanner tell you how you love us? Yes. That you love everyone except Terence. Yes. That you are only to listen to myself and Tanner? I am Aurora, and you love me? I love you deeply and forever. And you are? I am your Jackson, my love. You love Tanner and I deeply, and you will do all we ask? I love you,
4: and I will.
0: Excellent. Where is my Tanner?
4: That way.
0: Are there any other guards on this floor? Yes,
4: there is a guard at the Golden Lady's room. Only the bastard terrace, and poor Haines are allowed in there.
0: ''Thank you, dearest Jackson. Please let my beloved Tanner know that I'm going to chat with that guard. What is his name?''
4: ''Peterson, and I will, beloved Aurora.''
0: ''Now, guard this room from Haines. Do not hurt him, not in any way, but do not let him in this room.'' ''Yes,
4: my beloved Aurora.''
1: She reached Peterson, who was leaning against the door, fast asleep, with a lovesick expression on his face. Aurora touched his face and said in her soft
0: musical voice, Peterson, dearest Peterson. Yes. I am Aurora, and you love me deeply, do you not? And you will do everything that I ask of you, won't you, my dearest Peterson?
6: I love you, Aurora, deeply and forever. Whatever you ask me for is yours, of course.
0: Excellent, Peterson. Give me the key to this room, please.
6: Of course. Here you go.
0: Do you know my love, Tenor? Of course. You love him too, deeply and forever, and you will do all he says.
6: Aye, my beloved, I do. I love you both with all my heart and soul. But you are my dearest love. I love you. Shhh.
0: Thank you for your love. But now you are so tired. All you want
1: to do is sleep. Guard Peterson yawned and nodded obediently, lying down in the hallway. He curled up like a kitten and fell deeply asleep. Aurora smiled. Aren't you a dear? She took the key and opened the lock. Just as she did so, Tanner joined her, both carefully walking into what was essentially a storage room. In the middle of the room was the stasis apparatus that both held Jane Austen hostage and kept her alive. She was curled up on a comfortable couch, and a golden light surrounded her.
4: We need the bastard to break this stasis, or Jane might get hurt, or worse.
0: I control him right now.
4: No. I think we need Joe. Do you think your guard would help us?
0: Oh, yes. He is a dear. He's very helpful.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You are so much better at this than I am. I just put them to sleep.
0: That is useful, too.
1: She walked back to the door and knelt next to the guard, who was fast asleep with the sweet expression of a tiny child with his thumb in his mouth.
0: I almost hate to wake him. He looks so sweet and peaceful. Rory! Okay, okay, I was just kidding. Peterson, dearest, I have a job for you, my love. (sighs)
6: Yes, my beloved Aurora.
0: I would like you to go to the Silver Slipper and ask for Joe Cronus. Joe Cronus is a key word. When you hear that, you feel a deep love for Joe Cronus, and you will do anything he asks of you. Do you understand, dearest Peterson? Yes. Tell Joe that we found Jane, and we need him to come here right away. But this is most important. You must only tell Joe Cronus all alone. No one else can hear about it. So... When you find Joe Cronus, you will fall deeply under the spell of love for him and listen to whatever he says, and you will ask, very politely, if you could speak to him alone. And then, you will tell him our message. Do you understand, dearest Peterson?
4: Yes. Could you repeat the instructions to us, dearest Peterson?
0: As if he was reading a love
1: ballad, he recited his instructions to Aurora. Then he gently took her hand and kissed the back of it. (laughs) Very good. Now go on, dearest Peterson, and hurry. The guard jumped up as if on a string and bolted out of the
0: hallway. He is sweet. Can we keep him?
4: Rory! Act
1: 4, Scene 1 At the silver slipper there were several people at tables drinking and couples dancing. Joe, Robert, and Drew were at a table together eating supper. Steve and Minnie were at the bar taking care of customers and keeping an eye on the place. As Haynes entered the room, Joe walked over to him and invited him to their table. Haynes looked suspiciously at them, but followed Joe and accepted the seat and drink that Robert offered
2: him. We hear that Terry has gone stark raving mad. How? How? Never mind how, just, just believe we know. Do you want to stop him? Yes. I thought this was about Sly Grog, but it's bad. It's very bad. He's hurting these people. Having them hurt each other. It's sickening. I can't stop him, though. Ike, you're not as stupid. There's more power in the world than brute force. I think Terry just taught you that. Yes, he's terrifying. Like a a monster out of a fairy tale. Excellent description. I want you to go home. Wait for a call from either Robert here or Steve. We'll need your help with the hostages. Why should I go home? I've no time to explain. Just trust me. You will be needed and soon. But I'm protecting you by sending you home. There's something coming here that I don't want you exposed to. Well, like a disease or... Not him. No, neither of those options. I promise, he's not on his way here. Just trust me wait for the phone call. Steve, do you have Haynes' phone number? He's willing to help us. Do you have a pen and paper? I'll give it to you before I go.
5: Sure, come on. Minnie always keeps paper behind the bar. Why? She writes beautiful poetry.
2: Why
4: can't he stay?
2: I've read Steve's journal. It's best we call on him later before I get Jane and we start bringing the slaves in.
0: What's to come?
2: It'll be happening soon, I hope. Oh, good, he's left the club.
1: Do you really trust that guy? He is not a good
2: man. He's not a bad man either. He's a sly grog man, not a ruthless killer or kidnapper, and he hates what's going on. He sincerely wants out. My undercover man informed me that he has been turned in our favor. Now, you two, go back to the bar. Let's try to be as much business as
5: usual before everything goes crazy. Crazy?
2: Though. <laughs> no. Happily, you and Winnie will be fine.
1: The couple looked at Joe strangely, but walked back to the bar. They were both cleaning the bar and talking to customers when the door opened, and suddenly it felt like there was a wind of the purest love. Pheromones from Peterson spread everywhere quickly. Couples moved closer together, including Steve and Minnie, who began to snuggle and kiss. Argumentative and angry drunks became sleepy. The men chatting about footy suddenly put their arms around their friend's shoulders and asked them very personal and caring questions. The only people immune were Joe,
0: Robert, and Drew. Bit of an overkill on the pheromones, isn't it? (laughs)
2: No, <laughs> it's just the way it is. I once touched by them, humans send them out too. I mean, even our friend Stephen Minya now giving back the love to all but us. It's just like birds. It's a natural thing on their planet. It's how people find their mates and love each
4: other for life.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: It
4: is, but not really right for humans. That's
2: I'll a little love, don't you think?
6: Is that a joke, here?
4: As
1: Peterson said the name, a lovesick expression came over his face. He was overwhelmed with the need to match the beloved name with the man, so looked around hopefully and anxiously. Joe got up and walked over to him, smiling, as he said, Hello, I'm Joe Gromis. Peterson dropped to his knees and took both Joe's hands. He kissed each hand, which had made poor Joe uncomfortable. Then he laid his head against Joe's knees. Robert covered his mouth, chuckling. Joe gently pulled Peterson up and took him to their table.
2: Did Tanner and Aurora sent you?
6: Aye, my beloved Tanner and Aurora sent me. I'm to ask you, my dearest Joe Cronus, to speak somewhere privately, please.
4: Yes, I think that is an excellent idea. I would do, in your position. Thanks a lot, Robert.
1: Robert chuckled as he watched Joe disappear into the WC. Steve and Minnie left the room, heading for the office where the pheromones could take full effect. It happened very quickly for them, as it did for anyone who truly loved each other.
2: Okay, what's the message?
6: My dearest Joe Cronus, beloved Aurora and Tana have found Jane, and they need you to come right away.
1: Nothing more was needed. Joe grabbed the man's hand and led him through a secret tunnel. Take me to the at once.
6: Of course, beloved Joe Cronus.
1: Unexpectedly, he scooped the other man up, holding him close and running all the way. All Joe could do
2: was grumble. This is for Jane. This is for Jane. This is for Jane.
0: Act 4, Scene 2 I think I'd better go check on Terence. Be careful. I'm not worried. He's in the dreamscape, which is at full effect. You should have seen the pure fear in those evil eyes. But I will not go too near him. I will check on him from arm's length.
4: Even further,
3: please.
1: Aurora pulled Tanner close and kissed him, both gleaming gold more pheromones drifted off so golden specks of dancing dusty balls were shining in the lights in the hallway while they had been waiting they had been putting all the slaves in a peaceful state they were no longer blank-eyed their eyes were closed as they slept on their beds in a golden state of pure joy she entered terence's room he was rolling back and forth in the bed his eyes were closed his expression was fearful his hands held the silk robes in his fists. His nails tore holes in the fine cloth. Though Aurora put him to sleep, she had not made any suggestions of a particular kind of dream. It was obvious to her that his dreamscape was filled
0: with nightmares. Terence. Yes? Do you understand me? Yes. What are you
3: facing? Myself. The thousand faces but all me and everywhere laughing at me laughing laughing
0: And what are you doing?
3: Running but I keep falling and rolling I'm so scared and then I see him and he's so calm, so superior, so Cool. I hate him. Do you understand me? I hate, hate, hate him. Who? Joe. Damn Joe. He's always so cool, so superior. I hate him. Sleep,
0: Terence. Deeply, deeply asleep. No. Deeper, deeper. Please, sleep, Terence, deeply asleep, your dream is your reality, your dream is your life, no, deeper, deeper, and deeper,
1: Terence was back in the nightmare, he rolled away from them, he cried in his sleep,
0: help me,
4: please, oh, me, no. "'Save me,
0: please.'
4: a pathetic, isn't he?'
0: "'Most tyrants are.' "'There was a clattering
1: downstairs and up the staircase. "'The footsteps were now close, "'and Aurora and Tanner tried to hide their amusement "'as they watched poor Jill being carried up the stairs in Peterson's arms.
6: "'Here he is, my loves.'
1: (laughs) "'You can put him down now, my dearest Peterson.' Peterson put Joe down gently. Joe was very embarrassed and a bit pissed off. Tanner and Aurora were trying very
0: hard not to laugh. Excellent job. Now, dearest Peterson, go to your room, lay down, and sleep. You've done very well, and we are very proud of you.
6: (sighs) Yes, my beloved Aurora. I am sleepy.
0: Instead of leaving, Peterson
1: took Aurora's hand, kissed it, then he kissed Tanner's hand, and then a very pissed-off Joe's hand, kissing it devotedly. He plopped down on the floor and fell deeply asleep. He had a sweet expression, like a little boy who had
0: been told a bedtime story. But if it's Tanner, can't we keep him? He's just the sweetest.
4: No, we can't. Hey, he has a life here. Really, Rory, you can't adopt a human. Why not? Rules, my friends. Rules. He's very vulnerable.
0: And sweet. I like him very much. He's a dear, and I think we could take very good care of him.
4: We will have a child. I I promise you, my love.
0: Really? But I thought... This
4: is the third young person you've wanted to adopt. It's time for us to become parents.
1: (laughs) Aurora jumped up and down. As she did so, golden specks flew everywhere. Joe shook his head and sighed while they were kissing and hugging each other.
2: I'm sorry to interrupt, but I would like to rescue these people. I have an idea, but it's dangerous. What is it? Aurora, you have Terence completely under your control.
0: Oh, yes. He is rather pathetically falling apart.
2: Tanner, can you manipulate his limbs? Yes. Why, Oh! I want to keep him under control but switch him for Jane
4: in the stasis. Like you said, it is dangerous, but yes, it can be done. Hmm. Joe, go into the room where the stasis is, go into the WC, and wait for me to call you. You have an idea? Well, it is the only way I can think of. Then let's do it, quickly.
2: Act Four, Scene Three. Karen and stood inside Terence's room, watching the man living within a nightmare of his own making. I was inside the bathroom, with the door slightly ajar.
0: Ready? Yes. Terence. <sighs> Can you understand me? Yes. You will stay asleep. You're moving through your dream, but you will follow my direction precisely. Do you understand me? Yes, I understand. You are within the dreamscape. Slowly sit up in bed with your feet hanging over the side of the bed. When one of the shadows offers you his hand, accept it. Tanner gently took Terence's
1: hand. Terence shuddered. His eyes were closed, and yet... As the dream shadow
0: took his hand, his terror was palpable. The shadow will not hurt you. You need him. He is helping you. Repeat that, Terence.
3: The shadow will not hurt me. I need him. He is helping me.
0: Very good. Now, the shadow will not hurt you, so allow the shadow to pull you up. Very slowly, Tanner helped Terence stand up and led him
1: to the storage room where the stasis was. Aurora continued to explain to him where he was going and what he was doing in a soft, sweet, musical voice.
0: Very good, Terence. You are doing so well. that the shadow is leading you to another place where you will do something very special for me. You love me deeply, don't you, Terence? I'm your red headed beauty, you said.
3: Oh, yes. You are the most luscious of all. I love you deeply.
1: As Tanner carefully led him down the hall, he flashed Aurora an expression of pure disgust. She rolled her eyes and slipped in front of the two slowly walking men. She opened the door wide and
0: then stepped back beside the stasis. Very good, Terence. Enter the safe room and look at the stasis machine you built. Open your eyes. You see only me and the stasis you built. Everything else is deeply in shadow. Now open your eyes and tell me what
3: you see. I see you, my beloved. You're so beautiful. Radiant. You glow. You are equal to me. You are the only one. And the device. (sighs) I see my brilliant device. Isn't it elegant? Look at the lines.
0: Do you love me, Terence? His eyes
1: flashed back to hers, and as he met those glowing golden eyes
0: and his face became love-filled again, he nodded his head. Will you show me how to open it and introduce me to the great Jane Austen? She is my favorite. I love her so. Will you deny me something I love? You love me, don't you?
3: I love you more than my life. This planet, the galaxy, you are more important to me than my own power. I love you so completely.
0: Then show me how to open it and introduce me to the great Jane Austen. Repeat my request, beloved Terence.
3: I will show you my beloved Aurora how to open my brilliant stasis and introduce you to the great Jane Austen most happily.
0: Excellent, beloved Terence. Do so for me now.
1: As if he was still in his dream and with Tanner's guidance he walked to the stasis and used a device on his ring to open it. Then he brought the ring over Jane's head and the
0: golden light slowly faded away oh what a pretty ring terence may i have it
3: of course my beloved it can be our engagement ring
1: with tanner's steady hand but still as if walking on clouds he knelt before aurora and was about to put it on her finger when suddenly terence looked at the ring his expression changed as if the very sight of it
3: reminded him of something the ring, my ring, my ring. You thought you had me, you bastards. But I'll show you. Come, my prize.
1: Terence saw the danger he was in. His eyes flashing. Both Aurora and Tanner flew backward. Oh no, you don't. Terence felt the pure power of Joe Cronus. He was held against the wall of the room by the pure light coming out of Joe's eyes. The ring floated off his finger to Joe. Joe quickly used it and pulled Jane gently out of the stasis. With a quick flash of Joe's eyes, Terence was knocked against the wall and out cold. Joe and Jane disappeared. <laughs>
2: knew that bastard could come back I've never used my powers like that before but many lives were on the line I brought my Jane to a safe place between worlds she was still asleep but it was a normal sleep as soon as the ring flashed the lights off in the stasis she slept on her own I kissed her gently on the cheek I'll be right back you're safe here but don't wake up until I come back then I hurried back to the hotel. I checked on Tanner and Aurora, they were shaken but not harmed. Then I moved Terence back into the stasis and I turned it on. Put him under Aurora.
1: Make it strong for the trial. Aurora was shaky, but she blinked her eyes so the pheromones penetrated Terence. Terence
0: can you hear me?
4: Of course, my beloved
0: Go to sleep, deeply asleep. <sighs> of course, I am so sleepy.
1: He curled up in a ball, and she flashed her eyes at him once again.
0: You are now back to living in your dream, my beloved Terence. Your dream is your reality. There is nothing else, just your dream. Repeat that, Terence.
3: I am going back to living in my dream, my beloved Aurora. My dream is my reality. There is nothing else, just my dream.
1: And he was deeply asleep, living inside his dream.
2: I must go to Jane. Are you safe?
1: Aurora and Tanner both nodded. There was a flash, and Joe was gone. They turned to look at the man inside the stasis. Tanner put his arm around Aurora, holding her close. She put her head on his shoulder.
4: I quickly ran back to the
2: safe place, to my darling Jane. I ran to her side and knelt next to her. Jane? Darling, Jane?
0: Where am I?
2: Jane, can you hear me, darling? Can you see me?
1: Oh, Joe... Joe smiled tenderly and kissed her. She kissed him back. A thousand colours came from the room, and within seconds they were gone. Act four, scene four. Joe and Jane appeared in her bedchamber in Chawton Cottage. She had been very sick. Joe knew that she did not have longer than six months. Despite her protests, he gently put her down on her bed. He pulled up a chair and sat beside her, taking her
0: hands. Oh, Joe. Shh,
2: you're safe and sound now.
0: Where am I?
2: Home, oh, Jordan Cottage. Cassandra won't even know you've been gone unless you want to tell her.
0: Thank you, Joe. Shh, no need. Thank you. I have to go. I'm sorry, Jane. Till we meet again.
2: I'm sorry.
0: Oh, Joe.
1: Till we meet again. Joe nodded, kissing her cheek and leaving. Jane sat up and looked out the window. When Cassandra came home, she asked her sister what she was looking at so intently. Jane looked at her sister and smiled. She replied softly that she was thinking of my one true love. Cassandra's story was often told. It was said to be referring to a preacher who left for Africa or a sailor who fought with Napoleon and died. But the lost love of Jane Austen's life was only one person Joe Cronus. Act four, scene five. Several hours later, Terrence snapped out of his dream and was completely himself again. But he was not only in his stasis, he was facing the toughest judge in the universe.
3: What is this? How did I come to be in this? What is this insanity? Silence. Though the judge said it quietly, it was
1: a resounding sound. It echoed throughout the small storage room and house. The judge was the most formidable of all the justices of the time traveler's world. Just hearing his voice silenced Terence, who could not see him in the blazing light of the
3: stasis.
4: The last time, Terence, Joe Cronus said that maybe jail would lead to redemption, but sadly it was not the case. We have never had a member cause such havoc as you have, and we as peaceful time-travellers have never had to resort to such melodramatic methods. Because you enslaved humans, caused them harm on so many levels. But what's particularly ugly is that you enjoyed it, relished it, gave you pleasure. This
3: is nonsense, sir. A tale told by Joe Cronus, my enemy in his band of many idiots. I said silence. Joe sat with the rest of the time
1: travelers silently with his head bent. Robert looked angry. Drew was soothing him, stroking his arm. Tanner and Aurora knew they may have to take part in the punishment, so they listened carefully to the judge's every word. I... I deserve to be
4: heard. No. Not anymore. Someone who has committed the crimes against humanity that you have can have no valid reason. None. Therefore, I have deemed that you will live in one dreamscape forever, only one, with no end. Whatever the dreams may be, they will be your only reality
3: forever. No. Please, you can't do that to me. It's it's torture. You don't know how I've already suffered. I can't. Please, please, no, please. It's Joe Cronus who should be punished. He did this. He did it.
4: Enough. Hannah, will you administer the judgment?
2: Joe
1: approached Terence, Arrogant as ever, Terence looked at Joe coldly.
3: What? Was it worth it? Do you mean pure power, my dear Joey? (laughs) Of course it was. While it lasted, it was sheer bliss. You are a fool. You have such
2: abilities. You could have done good. But instead, look at you.
3: Look at your fate. You are pathetic. From hell's heart I stab at thee. For hate's sake... I spit my last breath at thee. (laughs) You always did like him, Melville. Goodbye, Terry. Can you not just use my actual name as you take your leave? You act as a minted toddler. I think it's appropriate. Goodbye.
1: Despite everything, Joe couldn't watch. He left, just wanting to go home. As soon as Joe was out of sight... Terence bent over and cried. Tanner stood up and walked up to the crying man.
3: Get on with it, man. I do not want to see your ugly face longer
4: than I have to. Look into my eyes. What do you see? Blue eyes, big deal. A bit bloodshot, drinking a bit last night, were you? Look again, Terence.
3: Uh, they are gold. Pure gold. By the gods, they have deeper gold than I have ever seen. So beautiful or so radiant. Perfect like the treasures of Egypt. I am wallowing in it.
4: Do you feel the energy of the gold in your body?
3: Yes. Oh, yes, it's electric. I feel it all over. I'm flying within the gold. Where are you? Can you see? Uh, I'm in a cloud of gold. The vibrations are so fo- often and I'm floating. There is nothing but you and I. Do you
4: see two paths, Terence? I do. Describe them to me. Well, there,
3: but a step away, there is
4: a gold path, and a dark path. Follow your path. I am following it. I barely hear you. You are following the path of your dreams you have chosen. There is nothing else but these dreams. This dreamscape is now your only reality. My only reality. Which color path is your reality,
3: Terence? I am floating towards the dark path. You are but an echo. I can't see you. I can't hear you. You are gone. I am alone.
1: Sadly, Tanner watched as Terence's face changed from alive with enchantment to deeply asleep. His face rested on the pillow near his head, and he curled into a ball. He whimpered and cried. Tanner's eyes slowly returned to their natural blue. He felt the tears go down his cheeks and the soft touch
0: on his arm. Which path did he choose?
4: The dark path of nightmares...
0: Perhaps that is for the best. The golden path is too cruel. The beauty he can never touch. Come, my love, we have much to do.
4: Did you take care of the guards?
0: They are all back to normal. They are good boys, really, and with Steve and Minnie, I think they will lead good lives. Peterson is still besotted with me.
4: Are you surprised?
0: I would still like to keep him.
4: Really, darling? He is not a child.
0: But he is sweet, Rory. He could be a playmate for our child, Rory. Act Four, Scene Six.
1: Haines, Steve, and Minnie helped the victims of Terence at the Silver Slipper. The men and women sat all around the pub. Some lowered their heads on the table, trying to block out the world. Others cried. Haynes talked to a young man who quietly drank with him.
4: What can I do? It was almost like my mind was raped. How can I forget that?
2: You can't. But you are alive. You can go on. I'll help you find a job, and Steve knows a good man who'll help you with any troubles with sleep or bad dreams. You can get through this.
4: How about more of the drink?
2: Yes, but... Don't rely on the stuff, eh? It's not a cure. Go the man Steve knows.
1: Many helped Sadie and Malcolm come to terms with the torture they'd been put through. Listen to me. All couples go through some kind of trouble, but
0: you love each other. Come on, a blind person can see it. You did try so hard and were so brave. I... I only wanted to help you. You were such an innocent victim And I wanted to to help, and he made... You didn't do it. He made you. He used our minds against all of us. What happened to him, anyway?
1: Apparently, he went up before a judge and got a very harsh
4: sentence. Good. No one deserves a harsh sentence more. Was it the death
1: penalty? I don't know. It's far away from here, so we may never know. My soul said he will suffer. Now, stop sounding so bloodthirsty, and think of this lovely young lady. Love is far more important than hate. Really, it is. I should know. Is it?
0: It is. Malcolm, it is. I love you.
4: I love you, too. With all my heart, I have from the first moment I saw you
0: in the theatre. Oh, Malcolm...
1: Act 4,
2: Scene 7. I was reading in the back room. It was late and the shop was closed. I closed Sandition and shook my head. All I could think of was her strength and talent to write a book like this when she was so close to death. What a remarkable
4: woman. You did all you could for her, my friend. At least she had a peaceful end. She was so talented. I wish. At least you
2: who are happy. Since I prefer happy endings, I'm glad you have one. You deserve it.
0: It's not just us. Sadie and Malcolm are getting married.
2: Great! Really? I'm delighted. But how did they get past all that vile
4: stuff that Terry put them through? Many helped. And Steve has a friend who is a student of Freud, they are both in therapy.
0: And Minnie said that love is very healing, so they should get married. So they are, and, uh...
2: So are Steve and Minnie.
0: How did you know that?
2: (laughs) You forget. I read his book...